0: Welcome, sports fans, to next great podcast surrounding the NFL. It's the latest catch. I'm Brent Labonte, the founder, and our partner one of my great friends, Bryce Mercier. Today, we'll go over popular news, topics, headlines, and predictions for this upcoming week. Obviously, before we start, make sure to let other people know and continue to follow the process. Every listener matters.
1: Now, it's Friday today. Big weekend of super wildcard weekend coming up really excited to see what happens in these playoffs like i said in the other episode this week on wednesday these playoffs are going to be something to watch um but first we're going to see what our first topic of the day here if aaron Rodgers makes it to his second career super bowl he's going to boycott it i mean that's what all the news journalists said i mean There is no chance that Aaron Rodgers should boycott the Super Bowl should he even make it to the Super Bowl. As a Packers fan, I don't think we're making it to the Super Bowl. We have an NFC Championship curse that we can't get past. But, I mean, what fake journalism are they trying to throw at Rodgers now saying that he's going to boycott the Super Bowl for some reason? I don't know. That that was a bunch of junk, in my opinion. What about you, Uncle Josh?
2: Yeah, I think the uh, social media joking amongst the quarterbacks that evening uh, pretty much said it all I'm with you it ain't gonna happen Um, he worked too hard to if he does get to the title game to just decide to boycott and basically turn his back on all the Packer fans that kind of brought him back in so to speak so
0: yeah I I agree with you I think the story is a complete joke I mean Aaron Rodgers he works so hard in the offseason like you said And then for him to just not play in the biggest game of the year and hand it over to second-year quarterback Jordan Love, it would make no sense. Um, I know his 90-day, like, no-testing window comes, like, I'm pretty sure he starts testing, like, the week before the Super Bowl or something. So that's why this news was, like, really irrelevant. But this is has got to be false. I mean, there's no way Aaron Rodgers is going to boycott the Super Bowl. No, it doesn't but, make sense yeah. to
2: hurt hurt the Packers versus the NFL. That would hurt the Packers, not the NFL, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, he
1: did tell Jordan Love to be ready, though. That's what everybody said. <laughs> he told Jordan Love to be ready. I
0: yeah. mean, he was, like, joking around with the other quarterbacks on Twitter. Uh, Jordan Love, Kurt Benkert, the third string. Matt Flynn got in on it. Exactly. So, this this is a pure joke from the start. So, I don't think Aaron Rodgers has any plans of not playing in his second-ever Super Bowl. I mean, he has a 1-1 since, like, 2010. So I expect to see 12 on the field if Green Bay makes it that far. That's a big if.
2: Yes, agreed.
0: Now our second topic, we're going to go into the Giants organization here. A big storyline popped up this past week, and the Giants owner told reporters that the next head coach will have full control on whether Saquon – or Daniel Jones will stay with this team? If you were the Giants boys, are these two going to be a part of your team next year? Absolutely. I think that they have to, um, just for one more year, see if
1: a new head coach can change the culture in New York. Uh, I think Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are people that you can build a franchise around. I think Daniel Jones is a good enough quarterback to win with. Um, I just don't think he's been put in a good enough situation to win in New York yet. And I feel like a new head coach might change that. But, I mean, that franchise looks a little bad right now.
2: Just uh, a side note on that. Did you see that when Joe Judge would uh, debate with his other coaches and he always ended his conversations with, I'll be the judge of that? Did you guys see that? No,
0: I didn't. That just yeah. came out recently.
2: Yeah, I, I read it recently, and everyone was kind of getting peeved about it. Um, I'm, Barkley is a, a generational talent, but he's a he's a stud player. Um, I'm not sold on Danny Dimes. However, I don't see a quarterback in the draft that's going to supplant him at this point. So I'm kind of with Bryson on um, seeing what you still have in him with a new coach. So. I don't think you'd go anywhere with them unless somebody's going to mortgage their future for these players. Always keep your phones open because you never know what somebody's going to offer you.
0: Yeah, I think for Daniel Jones, give him another year, have him play under a new head coach, a new system, and let him prove it. And if he cannot play well under a new head coach, a new offensive coordinator, then yeah, let him walk. And Saquon Barkley. I think you have to keep him for another year as well. But if he can't stay healthy, can't stay on the field, I can see both of these guys not playing in a Giants uniform next year.
1: Yeah, Uncle Josh, you hit that. It's kind of a win-win if you're a Giants fan, if there's a win in the New York Giants organization, um, that they kind of get a free year of trying to test out this Daniel Jones kind of tenure as the Giants quarterback because there's no quarterbacks in this draft that I think that are going to be studs that would be better than Daniel Jones in that position. So you might as well just try one more year with them. Um, next year's draft for quarterbacks is probably going to be a little better. So you kind of just get a free year at trying Daniel Jones under a new head coach.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know who they could really pick. I mean, maybe Kenny Pickett if he somehow is available, I don't, but I don't really know if that'd be a step up because that's still a rookie quarterback and, Daniel Jones has the experience right now. So I would just side with him as the QB1 for, for next year.
2: Yeah, doesn't Daniel Jones kind of and Matt Carell kind of remind you of the same person?
0: Yeah, they're very, very similar. Now, speaking of uh,
1: QB1s here, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers and your quarterback, your franchise quarterback that has been there for so long, Big Ben comes in on media day or Monday or whatever day he came in to report to the media. And he comes in and says, there's 14 teams in the playoffs this year. We're probably the 14th best team. Um, You know, and then he went on to say stuff like, you know, we don't really have a chance. So let's just go out there and play. Um, I think this is someone that's looking... Like he's throwing down the fairway on hole 18 of his career right now, and he just kind of wants to make that final putt and get on with his, you know, life uh, outside of football. That's kind
0: of the vibe I'm getting from Big Ben in Pittsburgh right now. Yeah, I think this makes you more upset than it does worry you as a Steelers fan. You know, Big Ben's probably not wrong in his comments, but why would you go out there and say it? They're playing the hottest team in football right now, and they probably don't have a chance. But that's when you just gotta go out there, play the game, and try to win. You know, they made the team – or they made the playoffs over teams like the Chargers and the Colts, which to me they're better, but you can't do nothing about that. They're in the playoffs. And you said this is Big Ben's last year as a Steelers quarterback. So why would he say that? Why would he cause some more conflict in that locker room just before he's about to go? I mean, you play the game for a reason, and who knows? It's the NFL. and they can happen. They can come out here and beat the Chiefs, even though it's unlikely – I'm just hoping this does not cause any conflict within that locker room just days before their game. Oh, I've made my opinion on the
1: Steelers very clear on this show. Yeah, you do not a, like
0: the Steelers no, at all. No,
1: I don't like the Steelers. They're not they're not number fourteen in the playoffs. They're number seventeen.
2: There's two two things I like about the Steelers, Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson, but that's not a whole team. And TJ Watt, but that's here nor there. <laughs> um I think he's looking for a narrative to overlook that team, honestly, and that's what he's trying to go for, um, trying to do that underdog mentality deal, and they're playing with house money, so I think he's trying to set the tone that Chiefs can look past us, um, you're gonna overlook us, uh, you know, that's kind of the route he's trying to take, but it, I don't think it came off very well.
0: No, it didn't. And uh, side note, a little bit here, did you see the? So TJ Watt was supposed to break the single season sack record or whatever, but uh, I think Tyler Huntley fumbled a snap and then he ended up jumping on it. And then Watt like downed him, which would have been his, like the, the record. Do you think that should have been like reviewed and changed to a sack? Uncle Josh?
2: I thought it was a sack. I was surprised that they overturned it, especially given the situation. Um, he ended up tying him later, but yeah, I can see how that could be a record breaker. I do uh, have a, question for you guys off of that uh what do you think about the record book with the extra game this year
1: i don't know i it's kind of interesting because at some point you're gonna have to edit the record books to account for the extra game anyways so i think you just gotta let it happen right away instead of trying to hold on trying to hold on and then eventually having to you know, change it because there's 17 games in the season instead of 16. Uh, I think that's just my opinion. I think that it should count no matter what, even though right now it seems like it's an asterisk because it's an extra game. Um, we'll get over it. Uh, it's the new NFL. It's the new regular season. So there's going to be new records broken. That's my exactly. opinion.
2: Exactly. They didn't always play with a 16-game season, right? So
1: Exactly. Uh, So now we're going to jump into not NFL football, but college football here. Um, The Georgia Bulldogs pulling off an upset win over the Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, I told our best friend, Lane Nearing, that as a Michigan fan, we lost to the best team in the nation in the semifinals. He was like, oh, Michigan looked so bad. And I was like, well, we just lost to the best team in the country. They made us look silly. But that's what they're supposed to do. They're the best team in the country. He's like, oh, we'll see. Alabama's the best. And I proved him wrong right there because Georgia, I said it—they're the best team in the country. Uh, Their defensive line and linebackers are so good. Um, but enough about the game. What I think the NCAA should expand the college football playoff uh, to eight or ten
0: teams, not just four. Yeah, even like twelve teams would be all right. Just expand the playoffs will help problem the NCAA is facing right now, and that's players opting out, uh, trying to avoid injury. And they really don't have, a like, a game to play because, I mean, it's not really important, like, the college football playoffs. So they're just trying to keep themselves healthy and not, you know, affect their injury status there before they get drafted in April. So by adding teams, it'll get the interest from these big-name players. I think you'll see um, – even a little more like people watching the comfortable playoffs it'll be a little more entertaining overall.
2: Yeah, going back going back to the game, um, I gotta bring up my boy Jamison Williams there too, because I honestly think when he tore his ACL that completely changed the the game. On the expansion, you know, I mean there's point point counterpoint to that because you got guys opting out on one game right now if they have to play two or three games, uh, is that going to change that and you got to play it over December I'm I would like to see an expansion I'm with you because as a fan of a team, if you lose a game in college football, you're pretty much out of the playoffs, which kind of stinks, you know?
0: Yeah, um, I'll also add like if you lose a game early on in the season, now it gives these teams, like, a second chance that they don't have to really worry about missing the college football playoffs. Like, they can lose a game, be ranked lower, and they go on a win streak and all of a sudden find themselves in the playoffs if there's, like, 12 or 10 teams.
1: Yeah, and it'll give it more of a March Madness type of feel. You know, maybe we can even get an upset or two. Um, upsets are very rare in college football for some reason, but I think that we might be able to see a couple upsets maybe – Uh, But I feel like it would pique the interest of all viewers. But like Uncle Josh said, uh, it would be interesting what the players think of playing some extra games. Uh, I don't think they would be very big fans of that. Um, But that would just have to be one of the obstacles you're willing to take on. Yeah,
0: so speaking of college football and future NFL players, we are going to go and uh, Uncle Josh is here now. And we we're going to have Cohen King on the show today, a Virginia cornerback. He's going to help us talk over some cornerbacks, like entering this year's draft. So why not? Let's start our uh, top five cornerbacks entering this year's draft. Uncle Josh, why don't you start us off here?
2: Yeah, what do we want to do? We want to count down from five? Kind of go through our lists. Yeah, we can do that. All, All right. right. So my number five is Ahmad Gardner out of Cincinnati. Most people know him as Sauce, Sauce Gardner, uh, fun name. So he didn't allow a TD his whole collegiate career. Uh, And keep in mind, he has started since he was a true freshman. He's got good size. He's six, three and he matches up against big receivers. That would be helpful in the NFL. And he only allowed 96 yards all of the season.
0: So our number five is Roger McCreary of Auburn. So, these last couple of guys that we got here like 5 4 and 3 you can kind of swap them around because we think they're all pretty equal in skill um i see good body control from this guy he understands man and zone coverage and his ball skills just jump off the chart to us and so that's the number 5 corner so we're not going to hop to number 4 Bryce get yeah. off here
1: yeah uh number 4 uh Florida cornerback Kair Elam. Um, this guy could come in and surprise you as a top corner um, playing for Florida. Uh, Florida is not a very well-known football school right now. They're not really uh, you know, up there in the rankings. Uh, he flashes, his good tackling, solid press cover guy, and he has that top-end speed that you would like to see um, covering those deep routes. So, I mean, it would be interesting to see um, if he – Uh, gets picked higher up in the draft or if he slides out of the first round. uh, I see this guy going first round for sure, though.
2: Yeah, my number four is Trent McDuffie out of Washington. Um, He's not the biggest cornerback at 5'11", but he does play bigger. He allowed 16 catches on 36 targets this year, so he had really good stats. Uh, He has trouble with the run. And what brings to mind Kevin King out of Washington, uh, Green Bay Packer, which – I would say that we traded back to get and didn't take TJ Watt, but I'm not bitter at all, guys.
0: <laughs> Just about to say the same thing. We could have got TJ Watt, but <laughs> our number three is Andrew Booth of Clemson. we got an ACC guy here, which our guy, Cohen King, would have known a little bit about. Um, but the reason he comes in at number three for us is because of his athletic ability. You know, he's a long armed athlete, doesn't panic when he sees the ball in the air, and he does a fabulous job. Um, reading the ball in his man, you don't really see that much from corners. And I, I know we said it a couple of times now, but uh, this guy also shows some good physicality and he's very good in the run game.
1: All right. Our number two cornerback out of this year's, I mean, this year's draft is so defense oriented. Um, like we were saying earlier with the Daniel Jones situation New York teams that need a quarterback or really anything offensively other than offensive linemen. Um, this is going to be an interesting draft to see if we can get some prospects out of it, offensively wise. But Derek Stingley out of LSU, um, he only played in three games this year for the LSU Tigers. LSU had a very underwhelming year. Um, they're bringing in Brian Kelly for next year, though. Uh, but he uh, hasn't had an interception since 2019, so the stats aren't the greatest. But in his freshman season, he told six picks, um, and he can jump out and get the run game. He can plug those holes. Um, he has that lateral quickness that you would like to see, guarding some of those quick, shifty uh, wide receivers that are in the league. And, I mean, his overall speed, he ran a 4 forty, 40 So that's what I got for Derek Stingley Jr. I think that he can be one of the higher-up defensively picked players in this draft for sure. I will
0: say, Uncle Josh, our number one guy will probably shock you. And I'm sure you might have Stingley at number one, but we're not sure.
2: All right. That's a good guess. So you touched on all the guys they have left. So I'm just going to touch a little bit more on each of them, if that works for you.
0: All right.
1: Perfect.
2: Yep. So number three, I got McCreary out of Auburn. A couple other notes, you touched on him well, but very smooth corner. He was targeted quite a bit this year, 76 times, but only allowed 35 catches and he had 13 pass breakups in those targets. Um, Elam, I have at two out of Florida. He's long and physical. He went up against the best receivers in the country playing in the SEC. He allowed 18 catches, 165 yards on 33 targets all season. So impressive stats there. I do think Derek Stingley is the alpha corner of this class. Um, I'm curious to see who your number one is, but Stingley, 41.1% career completion percentage. Impressive. Out of high school, he ran a four three forty and forty-two inch vertical. He's 6'1-195, ideal size. And PFF comp is champ Bailey. So some some high regards there for him for a player comp. All right. So our number one,
0: and you had him at action number five. We got a mod sauce gardener here. Um, we just you
2: guys want the sauce, huh?
0: Yeah, I mean we just uh we were really impressed to see the numbers like that he put up not allowing a touchdown in his three years at Cincinnati. And like you said, he was a starter since a true freshman that jumps up the charts. You know, he's tall, lengthy stands at six, three. He uh, covers a lot of ground, you know, big strides. And he's great at disrupting receivers routes. It can, you know, play both man and zone coverage. Also some press coverage there because of his size. He does kind of remind me of Kevin King and his size. But like I said, that, not allowing a touchdown in three years just jumps at the charts, you know, for us, that's why we got him at number one.
1: All right. so Now we're going to go into another rankings portion here. Um, We're going to go into our playoff power rankings. Um, Uncle Josh, I'll let you go through. What's your number five team on your power ranking right now for the playoffs?
2: Number five. I have the bills. I, I battled with this one. I had several teams in mind. First, I thought, about Tampa Bay, but without Godwin and Fournette banged up, I think that's a game changer for them. New England was in the hunt, but in a neutral weather game, give me Josh Allen any day. My number
0: five is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like you said it, uh, the injuries there have kind of put them down my list, and they were on the Virginati and Bean on my top five, so that's why I put them there. My number five team?
1: We're going just solely based on playoffs here. I'm going San Francisco.
2: I thought it was going to be Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: (laughs) No, no. I'm going to go San Fran just because I think that Shanahan is a really good coach, and I think that they're a hot team right now. Um, That could be dangerous come playoff time because it doesn't really matter where they play or what weather they play in. Um, It's going to be the same Kyle Shanahan ran offense with Jimmy G handing the ball off a lot. Um, Jimmy G never really making much mistakes. Uh, Their playoff run is going to be solely based on the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't throw picks, though. Um, He's going to have to play really good come this playoffs if they want to make a run at the Super Bowl, that's for sure.
2: You know, they could be that hot wild card team that just catches at the right time. Yeah, I'm a big – I'm
0: actually – like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to make it to the Super Bowl this year. I'm that big on Kyle Shanahan and Sam Fran, but that's not my number four team. My number four team is the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Their last game was against the Eagles. They dropped 50. I'm not going to really say that was because, I mean, they didn't even play the starters of Philly. They were really playing the practice squad. I said in the last podcast, you know, Minshew was starting. uh, Miles Sanders didn't play. And they rely on that run game. They're the best in the league when it comes to it. So if you really don't have your starters playing, I think a couple of their defensive guys were out too. So you get that, that healthy team. Um, maybe Dallas wouldn't have won by that much. Uh, their offense is very good. Cooper, Lamb, they do not have Gallup, though. And I don't know how much that will affect this team. I still see them being a top team, though, here come the playoff time.
2: Yeah, I have the same number four as you, Brent. Um, argu- arguably the best overall talent on offense. You get Dak, Zeke, Lamb, Cooper. Schultz is even showing up now. Plus, you got a decent defense. I still say McCarthy will get too conservative and will cost him a playoff game.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, we've seen that way too much as a Packers team. We're not going <laughs> to touch on that too much. Uh, my number four team, another team that I think people are sleeping on come playoffs. It's a young team. How about those Cincinnati Bengals at number four? Joey Burrow is playing some lights out football, finding his number one target, Jamar Chase. Um, it's just going to be whether or not this young team can figure out how to play in the playoffs. Um, hopefully they can. They're exciting to watch, and they're hot right now. Um, another team like San Fran, where they might get, they might be one of those wildcard teams that gets hot at the right time, that starts clicking, um, and can't be beat. Uh, one of those situations, maybe. I hope so. They're fun to watch.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I kept looking at them when I was looking at these power rankings, and kept thinking of that Chiefs win when they were down, what, 14 14- 14 points, 17 points, something like that, and they just wouldn't go away. And it got to the point where the Chiefs couldn't stop them. So that, that was impressive.
0: Yeah, now for number three, who do you got on Josh?
2: I'm looking at the Titans. Uh, it's hard to look past the team with a bye. <laughs> Plus they're getting their workhorse best player back in Derrick Henry. That's scary for any team going up against him. They took down Buffalo and KC this year. If they control time of possession, they can basically beat anybody.
0: Yeah, I also have the Titans as my number three. I was doubting them a bit this year. Like, going into some games, for example, they play the Dolphins, I think, week 17, and I thought Miami would win. I just didn't think they were as good as they really showed, like, as their record. But these guys are very solid. Mike Brable does a great job. You know, losing Derrick Henry this whole entire season and somehow you find a way to win games – Ryan Danahill played within himself, and he just did his job. He didn't have the greatest year, but you got to remember he played great with Derrick Henry. And once he went down, that offense just was not the same. You mentioned that they get Henry back, so this team will be very scary.
1: Yeah, they're going to be scared. That's my number three team as well. Um, you can't pass up a team that has a bye and home field advantage, um, especially in the playoffs, and they're set up for success right now. They made it as the one seed without their best player on that squad, um, Derrick Henry. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do. That AFC is really strong, though. Um, it'll be That's going to be fun to watch. Uh, but I'm guessing our number two and number one teams are going to be the same here as well. I've got the Packers at number two. Um, their boss against the Lions made me drop them down one. Um, I know the starters didn't play perhaps half the game. And I know we were the Packers weren't really preparing for that game again against Detroit but their defense looked god awful. So, I've got them at number 2. Um, they've got Rodgers, they've got that first-round by, and they have home field advantage and Lambeau. And I don't know how true this is, but I saw something today that a forecast, the weather forecaster, looked 2 weeks into the future like did a a really long cast here
0: and it's supposed to be ice bowl temperatures come the first divisional game in Lambeau. I heard that as well, actually. And, Bryson, I do agree on number two. I got the Packers. They did fall because of that Lions game. You can't really take that game into perspective and really say that they lost. Uh, Well, they did lose the game, obviously, but it didn't matter to them. Rodgers only played a half. Devontae only played a half. But their defense, they had most of their starters out there. The good thing for Green Bay, they get some key players back. Uh, they should be ready. I'm guessing Zadarius Smith, Whitney Merciless, Jair Alexander. Those are big pieces in the defense. Bakhtiari and, on offense also. Yeah, Bakhtiari should be, I don't know, 100%. Like, is he gonna play? I'm guessing he's going to play all the snaps on offense when it comes to playing next week because they got a bye, obviously. Um, but this team could be very, very scary as well because they do have the one seed and the playoffs so will have to run through Lambeau if they stay alive.
2: Yep, I got them flip flopped. I got KC at two. It seems like every time they get rolling, they run into a D that slows them down a bit. And Look at the Denver game. They kind of look, not to say lucked out winning that game, but they had a fumble six from, what, 90 yards out to to go ahead in that one. It seems like teams are switching to a too high look against them, similar to what Rodgers faced early in his career. So it's interesting. It seems like it's slowing them down a little bit. Do they run into that in the playoffs? A good defense? Possibly. I got the Packers at one uh, best record in the league. Uh, That Lions game, I I threw out because Rodgers plays that whole game. They would have won that game, hands down. Uh, They're getting a bona fide Pro Bowl roster back in Bakhtiari, Jair, Zedarius, Cobb. Merciless is now practicing as well, which was completely out of the blue. They're all back at practice. I mean, that's that's a game changer to me. And they play their cards right. They're going to make the run. Now
0: this defense doesn't scare you though. I mean they they've been on a slump as of late.
2: I don't think so. I, I mean look at the players they're getting back on defense. Look at what they could line up with. You put Jair on the corner. You got Stokes Jair. Um, you have add Zedarius on the line. Add merciless on the line. That's to me that that makes a big difference. You got some ball players right there and some of the kind of loose ends they won't be on the field so that that makes a big difference to me
1: yeah and not only having those guys back but that adds so much depth to the defense as well we're not so uh strong uh strung tight on the defensive side with uh limited personnel on the field um I've got the Chiefs at number one just because I think Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid they're going to be tough to beat in the playoffs but their defense is going to have to play well um, I think Kansas City, Green Bay, and Tennessee all have good cases to be the number one team in the league. Um, but I think that can I don't think that Tennessee's home field advantage is gonna help them that much. Um, I don't think Tennessee has that, you know, prolific of a stadium or a fan base or any weather So, so it's kind of just like an away game. That's an, a normal away game. So I think Kansas City is going to be able to beat them once it comes time to beat them, but they cannot overlook this Pittsburgh Steelers, this god awful Pittsburgh Steelers team, because if there's any coach that can beat the Chiefs and Andy Reid, it's going to be Mike Tomlin who comes up with this really sophisticated game plan to, you know, stop that offense, and they might come out and shock the
0: world. Who knows? I cannot uh, bet against the Chiefs this time. I bet the Steelers last time money line and that did not work out for me. I thought their last game against Kansas city was going to be um, a Pittsburgh victory. That did not happen. It was like, it was like 36 to 10. So I see that same thing happening this weekend. uh, The Chiefs over the Steelers, just because of that offense, Patrick Mahomes, um, he's playing some good football. He had some turnover problems early on in the year, but you know, those weren't all on him. Some deflected balls, but at times to me, he was trying to do too much. And, make plays, which is Patrick Mahomes. He's a playmaker, gunslinger. So I see them, you know, going pretty far because of this offense. Their defense just has to do enough and hope for shootouts, but they got to, you know, bend but not break, you know, that Dom Capers defense.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that wraps pretty much everything up. Um, What's – Uncle Job? we got one more thing for you here. What's your upset of the week? You pick any team to get that upset – in the playoffs, what do you got? What's your upset?
2: You know, betting the NFL is like you think you have it figured out, and it always goes the opposite. So I'm going to throw old Benny Burgers out there and say that the Steelers are going to knock off the Chiefs.
0: Wow. (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to go Eagles over the Buccaneers. Me and Bryson were talking about it a little bit on Wednesday's show. I just think, you know, the Buccaneers, they had, a, they had trouble against the Jets a couple weeks ago. And I understand they're getting some guys back. I know Shaquille Barrett is a game-time decision, and same with Leonard Fournette. So this offense is one-dimensional at this point, with just Tom Brady dropping back and throwing it. And that defense, they're not as good as they were last year. So with Philly's run game, I think they can take advantage of this D. And really just run down their throats, control the tempo, and maybe pull up with uh, an upset victory here. My upset of the week, I kind of alluded to
1: it in my power rankings. Notice how I left one of those teams out. I left the Cowboys out of there, and I put the 49ers in there, and they play this weekend. So, you know, I got to pick the Niners, that means. So, I'm picking the 49ers to go into Dallas and beat the Cowboys. I think it doesn't even matter that the Cowboys have a good. Kyle Shanahan has a sophisticated enough offense that it's going to be able to, he's going to be able to come up with some ways to slow down that pass rush. And I think San Fran's defense is good enough to, you know, keep it within range. And I don't know, maybe they can make something happen. Uh, Is Debo
2: Samuel not scary out of the backfield?
1: Exactly. That's what I mean. They're going to have, Kyle Shanahan's going to have so many different ways to use Debo to use all those, you know, people on that offense. Kittle, um, I think we might see a little bit of Trey Lance in that game a little bit. Maybe some, I don't know, duo quarterback sets. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe. Uh, I want to put it past him, But, I mean, Jimmy G played really good against the uh, Rams. So, it'll be – that's going to be an intriguing one to watch.
0: Yeah, besides his interceptions, I, I was actually really impressed with the way he marched his team down the field um, to win that game. But, as a Packers fan, I'm also pretty scared of Debo Samuel. I think – just, I mean, any team that could run the football, like the Browns a couple weeks ago, Christmas Day or whatever, they should have just kept running Chubb. They probably would have beat us. They let Baker throw it. So we'll have to see how, how that game turns out. Yeah, well, that's going to wrap it up. Uncle Josh, thanks for coming on to the show
1: today. I'm um, always a pleasure talking with you. And we'll catch you on Wednesday of next week. That's when our next episode's going to be out. Um, we'll talk about what happened this weekend on a super wild card weekend. Um, can't wait. Uh, Can't wait. We'll catch you on Wednesday.